Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like, um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio. Trade Afternoons for McDonald's. The McSpicy Range at Maccas. Can you handle the heat? Oh, yes, the show rolls on here at Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. This is Trade Afternoons, all thanks to McDonald's and McSpicy Range at Macca's. Can you handle the heat? Great to hear from Harry Sheasel, Nick Geish and O'Connor Sports also in the house. Ryan Vague earlier, uh, the big guests just roll on and on, and there's none bigger. Well, he's more than a guest. He's part of the furniture in here now. Sam Edmund with you, joined again by this man, the magnificent Brenton Sanderson, locked and loaded for another couple of hours on Trade Radio. G'day, Sando. G'day, Sam. It's been a big week. It's been awesome fun. I went to the Cats BNF last night. How so was? Oh, I was awesome. Emotional. So Yeah, it was great. The, I mean, obviously, the vibe was sensational. You know, coming off a flag last Saturday, um, it was a lot of Joel Selwood, which was, which was perfect, like... And he was so emotional. It was brilliant to see him up on stage. Tommy Hawkins spoke um, from the heart about his best mate, um, which was which was great. Uh, Mitch Duncan did something similar. Uh, it was just fantastic. Um, two thousand people at Crown. I thought I heard them say they had two thousand. Two thousand people. So the Palladium Room at Crown fits a thousand. Then they had the River Room, another thousand. <laughs> And it was sort of broadcast into Overflow. the... Overflow. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, geez, yeah. you'd be a bit flat if you are in the river room. Yeah, you would have been. But um, it, was, it was great. Um, and the Cats fans obviously loved it. It's been it's been a really special um, year for them. They, haven't, they didn't lose a game from May 14th onwards. 16 matches in a row. Yep. And they had a tie last night. It was really exciting, actually. It was a bit confusing because they... At round 21, they sort of stopped the count. They showed the highlights. And then um, they didn't put up any votes. They just announced third, second... And then there was a pause and everyone was sort of thinking, well, hang on a minute. Um, Hawkins finished third, yeah. uh, Blitzabs finished second, but for the whole count, it was sort of a bit of a, you know, jostling for positions between Guthrie and also Jeremy Cameron. So yeah. then when they announced third and second, we all sort of assumed that one of those boys, Guthrie or uh, Cameron must have had a poor finals campaign or something. But then obviously then Chris Scott announced that it was a, was a tie. So yeah, um, quite fitting. And both those boys spoke. Spoke really well. Um, yeah, fan- fantastic night. Loved it. So Tom Hawkins finished third. Tyson Stengel, I, I just could not have blown away. I mean, I know he had an All-Australian year, so it makes sense. So just seeing him there just jumps off the page with everything that he's been through. Fourth, Tom Atkins, fifth, reinvented as a midfield. So just yep. great stories everywhere. Tui, close. What a season Pratt close had. Sam DeConing, ditto. And Tom Stewart uh, rounded out that top 10. It's not well, even when you look at that top 10, Sam, and I just had a quick chat with Jules outside, um, about say for example the bombers now so they've got they get Brad Scott. When you look at what uh, Geelong have been so successful in doing, have a look at that that top ten in the in in the best and fairest. A lot of them aren't first round picks in the yeah. draft. Um, they're players that have come through rookie lists or they've been traded um, or they've picked up. Um, you know, for example, Stengel, like you said, he's this is his third club. Uh, so it's it's amazing to see the way that Geelong their development program is just elite. The way that they can obviously bring in their top end talent, but also to the way that they can um, uh, develop players. Uh, so it's it's a fantastic uh, point when you look at other clubs. Is yes, you get your top end talent, which you don't really have to develop that fast or hard. But it's it's those those later picks that you have to invest in to ensure that they they become top ten talent in your uh, footy team. 
Their development team down there, I mean, I know it's always been the chicken or the egg. Is it the high draft pick? Is it the development? And often it's obviously both. But the way Geelong, they get them in there. Yeah. They're a bit like Sydney. If they can yeah. make any player work, it's those two clubs. Their development. Well, even, yeah, you probably go back 20 years and, you know, players like Corey Enright, who was a pick in the 40s or 50s. Yeah. Cameron Ling was a, um, a pick in the 40s or 50s. Um, and there's so many rookies that come through that Geelong um, program. Tom Stewart, um, uh, you mentioned um, uh, Atkins, who had, you know, sort of battled away in the VFL for a couple of years. Yep. Uh, and it, it ends up sort of reinventing himself across um, half back and then went into the midfield this year. So, so yeah, I think I think the Geelong development program uh, could be or should be replicated across across all clubs. They should, clubs have got to find out exactly how they're doing it and what they're doing and copy it. Try and emulate it. Yeah, absolutely. It's best and fairest season at the moment. So Sydney had theirs. Now speaking of attract, attractive sort of top tens, the youth in Sydney's top ten is frightening. So Callum Mills wins it. Chad Warner second. James Robert on third. I know Luke Parker's getting on a bit now, but great season fourth. Isaac Heaney fifth. The academy product. And then you go Tom McCartan, Errol Golden, Jake Lloyd, Dane Rampey, and Ollie Florent rounding out that top 10. Um, Rory Laird won his third yep. um, uh, medal, obviously, over there at the moment, the Michael Blight medal at uh, Adelaide, which is a great result. And then we've got uh, the Carlton, John Nichols medal tonight. And we've got the Collingwood Best and First, which after the events of today with Jordan Degowie, we'll have a little bit more juice in it, yeah, I reckon. there'll be a good vibe there tonight. Um, I mean, interesting to see with uh, Brody Grundy. Obviously, that's... Mm. That ball's still in the air. What happens with with um, Brody? But yeah, there'll be there'll be a good vibe. Fantastic season for the Pies, and I'm sure their fans will be enjoying their best and first. Obviously, they fell agonisingly short, but um, with that classic game, that prelim final in Sydney, who knows what would have happened in the grand final if the if the Pies had got in versus Geelong? But um, yeah, that that classic prelim final in in Sydney. But it'll be um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see tonight. I, I'm sure Geordie to go will be up and about after signing a five-year deal. It'll be great. Five-year deal. We heard from his manager, Ryan Vague, on Trade Radio a little bit earlier on in the day. And there was a five-year deal at Sydney as well. Tom Papley committing uh, his future to the Swans, a five-year contract extension. So we are, we already were, but now officially a world away from that uh, trade request when he could have, should have, and would have, and, and didn't yep. join Carlton. Now locked in at the SCG until at least 2028. Um that was that is a huge deal because next year was uh, his free agency year, so he was a a pre agent as they're known, and uh, now pretty much a Swans player for life. There are two big news stories. The biggest one though is the confirmation of Brad Scott, who's leaving the AFL as the new coach of Essendon on a four year deal. He was unveiled today, Sando, out yep. at Tullamarine. He's a bit of what Brad Scott had to say on an exciting time for the club out at Essendon. It's an exciting time for for this club. I'm incredibly uh, humbled, um, but also privileged uh, that went through a very extensive and thorough process and that that the panel and the board of the Essendon Football Club feel that I'm the best fit to lead this football team uh, now and into the future. So really excited, uh, really keen to get to work and uh, I hope that the players, the club are as excited as I am uh, to get to work and you know, we've, we've got a big pre-season ahead of us, uh, but it's one that we're all looking forward to, and uh, I'm as excited as I've ever been uh, to be back in So tempted back into full-time football as a coach from the AFL, where, of course, he was the general manager of football operations, Sando. Were you surprised or no surprises here? This was always a good chance. Uh, no surprises. I think he's a great fit. I'm really excited to see the Bombers. I think they'll improve quite quickly. Uh, 
we unpacked them earlier in the week and they're really young. There's some great young talent there. Um, we did the shopping list yesterday for them and they do need a couple of, uh, I think, some key position players that they need to target. Uh, but there is some great young talent on that list. And I'd, like we just mentioned about developing players, I think what Scotty will do, will get in there and he'll get a bit of a feel for, for where the gaps are. Um, and they'll look, he'll look to strengthen their position. I, I think it's a big club with some good young talent. Um, we probably over, uh, uh, we, oh, I guess, a little bit too much pressure on how quickly that they were going to improve this year. Mm. Um, and obviously things got really messy towards the end. But yeah, I, I don't know if they're, they're probably going to be pushing for the eight next year. I'm not sure if you could lock them in as a top eight side next year, but I, I think you'll see a, a pretty significant bounce from the Bombers in 2023. And why do you think that is? What what? So he's been out of the game for a little while, I mean, in terms of the coaching. Pretty good record when you go back and have a yep. look at his win-loss at, at North Melbourne, which is, uh, I think, 106-105, but finals in four of the years, preliminary finals in two of those four years they made, September, and now comes in with just the biggest glut of IP you've ever seen. I mean, what a magnificent appointment on that sense. He would have an idea of exactly what's going on everywhere. Yep. He hasn't peeked behind the curtain. He's lived behind the curtain for the last year, especially. So he comes armed with all that vital intelligence as well. Yeah, he does. And he spoke in his press conference about his portfolio at the AFL, which I mean, one of those um, pillars was talent. So he, he understands um, um, about the talent pathway. So he would have had access, I guess, access to all those young kids and um, speaking to all of the, I guess, key personnel at Clubland about who's coming through the system in the next two or three years. He'll be across that. Um, and also, too, obviously, deeply involved in the analysis of the game. So um, he'll see the tactics that have been employed by coaches to try and uh, um, obviously win games, but also, too, you know, a lot of that was done by Steve Hocking. who did a fantastic job in, I guess, changing some of those rules, the stand rule, um, the protected area, yeah. so you know uh, the, the game could move a little bit quicker. So it'd be, it'd be interesting to see, but I, I just think his personality is is the perfect fit, and um, he's he's hard but fair. Uh, you know, both of the Scott yeah. boys are, um, and I think I think he's a perfect fit for the Bombers. I understand the romance for Bombers fans having someone like James Hurd. I, um, what do you think happens with Hurd? Do you reckon Hurd he will? Well, hard for us to answer, of course. Only he can answer for himself. But I wonder if he will. Pursue a job elsewhere, assistant coaching role. Whether hope he does, yeah. hope he does. Yeah, obviously he's incredible um, football IQ, uh, and it'd be almost a waste not to be able to tap into James Hurd's footy brain. And um, and whether that's at Essendon or whether that's at another club, uh, we saw him sit in the coach's box and be involved with the Giants for a fair part of this 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 year, which he said he really enjoyed. So. I think I think it'd be awesome. I think it'd be great for our industry if if we can see James Hurd, you know, enter back into the fray yeah. uh, as an assistant coach. And who knows? In two or three years, we might we might see him coaching again at the senior level at potentially another club. It'd be great. There's always a lot of intrigue around the process and the process that Essendon embarked upon, and in terms of their subcommittee sitting down and and interviewing a handful of applicants. They did have a shortlist initially of 22, which is quite a big pool. They interviewed, you know, a handful of people. Brad Scott was finally one of those. He was asked about the process, Sando, out at Tullamarine earlier on today, and here's what the new coach of Essendon had to say about how it all played out. The process that I went through was very extensive and rigorous, and there was a lot of, I'm sure, due diligence done on me, and, and likewise, I had to do my due diligence on the club and... You know, I spent quite a number of weeks doing that. And, you know, the first thing I'd say is that there have been some challenges here at Essendon, but th there's a lot that the club is doing really, really well. 
and that'll be my first port of call to make sure that we retain all the great things that already exist within this football program and within this football club. Um, so it wasn't a matter of being convinced. Um, I was in. There you go. That was Brad Scott uh, out there. We've got a lot of audio to play of that press conference that went down a little while ago. So we'll bring that all to you. David Barham was there as well, the chairman who spoke at length, not just on Brad Scott, but on uh, James Hurd as well. And um, and on Kevin Sheedy and his future at that football club. Also, we got Sando's shopping list. The exciting climax today, Sando. So yep. we've got a few clubs uh, to get to. Um, you got through a couple with Coxie yesterday. Who have you got on your shopping list that we need to get to today? We need to do West Coast, Adelaide Crows, and North Melbourne. So uh, the sides that finished down the wrong end of the, <laughs> the the ladder, who who you'd expect to be quite busy at this time of the year. And logic would say they should be lengthy shopping list, but yep. we'll see how it plays out. Yep. And as always, you can have your say on, on this and anything else. one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. What's the deal today? I reckon we'll go a double bang. We'll need to do our homework on this one and we will need some assistance. The GWS pair bound for Punt Road Oval, Tim Taranto, Jacob Hopper. How okay. do Richmond get those two done? Okay. And what are Jason McCartney and his team up at the Giants willing to accept? Have your say on that. 0419-187-323. Ollie's called in from uh, Caulfield, though, before we get to our first break on trade afternoons. What's happening there, Ollie? G'day, Sando. G'day, Sam. Loving the work you guys have been putting in this week. Sounding great. Um, we've just um, heard a few callers last weekend. Sorry, no, yesterday in regards to pick five. For Rankin, um, some Crows fans saying they don't think he's worth pick five. Look, just wanted to weigh in on that myself. Um, look, the Crows are offering him $4 million over five years. Um, that basically means that they think he's worth pick five. Um, whether he's put up that sort of, put the numbers not up to make himself worth that is a different story, but he's definitely got the potential uh, to, to be, you know, uh, an elite midfielder, an elite small forward in the game. Um, Someone also did just mentioned as well that uh, the picks that were traded for Jeremy Cameron um, a few seasons ago weighed up, ended up adding up to points worth of pick seven. Um, look, at the end of the day, Jeremy Cameron was 27 at the time and uh, Isaac Rankin is, is, what, 22, 23. He's got more than enough upside to, to really be like the star player in the league. So honestly, I think that pick five is probably unders of anything for Isaac Rankin, um, particularly when you're looking at the fact that they're willing to offer him $4 million over five years. I tend to agree. I think, I think when you look at where Isaac Rankin was selected and the development that he's had now at the Suns, yes, he's had some injury setbacks. Um, the only thing I would question, and we, what we spoke about it at length yesterday with Coxie, uh, he's, he's not a key position player. He's not an A-grade midfielder. He's a small forward. Um, so it, it is a lot to give up for, for a specialist small forward. Mm. I don't know how, how, how pivotal those, those players are in the game. He'll, he'll be a match winner for the Crows. He'll be a great player. The Crows will be hoping that he develops into one of those A-grade midfielders. Uh, but at the moment, he's a, he's a, he's a high-energy small forward who's capable of kicking between 40 and 50 goals, I think, um, a little bit like what Stengel did this year So, for the uh, Cats. So um, I think pick five is fair. And, yes, there's a lot of debate around, and obviously people were trying to refer to the Cameron, um, what uh, Geelong gave up three, third, uh, three fir- first-round picks yeah. um, to get Cameron, which obviously paid off in spades, winning a premiership and all-Australian year for Jeremy Cameron. Um, but, yeah, I think when everything's said and done, I can expect the sons of the Crows to shake hands on this and just go, here's pick five. 
Gold Coast Suns will take Isaac Rankin. I think I think that gets done. Biggest no-brainer of all time. That has yeah. to be involved in the deal, Ollie. Well, they're going to get um, pick seven. Yep. Um, sorry. The Jack Bowes deal. The Jack Bowes deal. Yep. Yeah. So that's um, – yeah. They're going to give it up, rather. So, so, so they get it in, they take it to the draft. They yeah. give up seven and they get back five. Yep. I, think, I think that's – that's, and they didn't. They they want to lose Bose. They didn't want to lose Rankin. He was the one they absolutely didn't want to lose. Yep. And they will drive a hard bargain, Ollie. No doubt about that. Listening to Craig Cameron yesterday, the list manager, on uh, with with Cal and Riley. You know, not only was he pick three, but they put four years of development into him too. And he That's said there right. should be a tax that goes along with the hard work we've done to to teach this play. He's been through some tough times. Didn't play at all in year one due to injury, and the development time we've put into him. Um, he's just about ready to take off, you feel, as well. So a five has to be the centrepiece of that deal, Ollie, in, in our minds. Anyway, uh, some news just to hand as well, some breaking news uh, here, Brenton. Uh, Jack Redden has announced his retirement. Just reading a tweet from Ryan Daniels, uh, Channel 7 over there in Perth. Premiership player, of course, Jack Redden, had um, reached a trigger on a new deal to play on next year, and West Coast were keen for that to happen as well. But uh, the veteran has decided to hang them up at 31 years of age. But as you said, a premiership player, 263 games. You know, probably underrated from the outside looking Fantastic. in. Fantastic. What a great career. But one of the first on the magnet board, you'd reckon, for Adam yeah. Simpson over there. Very good player. So he, uh, South Australian, uh, retiring there, Jack Redden at West Coast. We'll take a break and we'll come back as well. We'll have some more news uh, to hand on the other side of this. You're listening to Continental Tires, AFL Trade Radio, Continental Tires. They're engineered in Germany and proven in Australia. Trade Afternoons for McDonald's. The McSpicy Range at Maccas. Can you handle the heat? A trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. Welcome back. Beaumont news update in Sando today, the first day of free agency, the window opening uh, at the start of today and Hawthorne and Port Adelaide wasting no time. The Hawks officially signing Port Adelaide winger Carl Amon as an unrestricted free agent. And that move went through earlier on today. 27-year-old headed to Waverley Park on a four-year deal. And the power, they wanted a first-round or an end-of-first-round compensation pick. Your Colonel Sanders uh, operators in there at AFL House went... <laughs> spat them out a second-rounder. So at the moment, in well, the mid-20s, That's, mid what, that's what we predicted, though. Sam, yeah. when, when we crunched our numbers, we came out with second round. And I think his age... So while we speculate the deal is four by maybe 650,000, 27 years of age, that is also a big factor as well, albeit still playing some great footy. But just in terms of what band he sits in, that's what Port Adelaide will have to accept. Tom Papley, we mentioned earlier, committing his future to the Swans, a five-year contract extension which keeps him in red and white until at least 2028. And repeating that news just before the break that's come to hand, uh, West Coast Premiership player Jack Redden has announced his retirement. The 31-year-old had an option to play on in 2023 and did reach a trigger on a new deal. West Coast were happy with that, of course, but the veteran has made the decision to hang them up at 31 years of age and a premiership under the belt. Some news off the Herald Sun website as well. We've had a lot of texts on this man. We've spoken about him a lot since Trade Radio launched this year. Ollie Henry, yep. uh, the promising young forward at Collingwood. According to superfooty.com.au, he has put in a trade request to Geelong. So that is a blow, albeit this is going to be a difficult negotiation yeah. for both clubs given he's a first-round draft pick. Um, and they will want to be back in return, Collingwood. Well, I wonder how that works. So you probably don't announce your intentions unless both clubs have had discussions and they potentially think that that it can it can play out. I, 
maybe they've been talking a little bit behind the scenes and they yep. feel like they might be able to find a way to get a deal done. But yeah, it, it would be foolish to announce, yep, this is the club that I want to go to. And then it doesn't happen. And we have seen that happen. We have occasionally, but there must be some initial discussions underway between those two clubs that feel like that feel like this could potentially get done, which would be exciting for the Henry family. They get their, their son back to Geelong and then the rich get richer. The Cats get another wow. exciting uh, first-round selection from Collingwood. We spoke about it at the start of the week that Geelong could end up getting pick – could end up getting pick seven in and three former first-round draft picks as a result after yep. winning the premiership. It's just incredible. Yep. It boggles the mind. Yep. So Ollie Henry is a pick 17 in 2020. Now, Collingwood are keen for him to stay, but they've course, always yeah. been keen for him to stay on their terms. They're yep. not going to break the bank – to keep him um, when they've re-signed sort of players of his ilk on um, on on lesser deals, if you like, in, in recent times. So he lost his place in the side later on in the year as well. But there's no doubting the talent. When he's on, those hands are sticky. Yeah. He'd be a great acquisition for, for any club. So just going back through Geelong's trade, our draft hand um, rather – 18, 36, 46, 51, 54, 60, 72, 90. Nothing at the pointy end, but a lot of flexibility in there. Yeah. And if they are to get bows and seven, well, then who knows what seven can unlock? Can you want to trade that, get two back? I mean, anything's possible there, isn't it? Well, they've um, got to find something for Tanner Bruin as well, don't and they? And they've got to find something for Tanner Bruin. Yeah. But they do have pick 18 sitting there as well. Um, so anyway, we'll see how it all plays out with them. Uh, clearly, they've got the cap space. I mean, Selwood is going to depart. Higgins is going to depart. Dalhouse is going to depart. And they manage their their cap so yeah. shrewdly. Yep. Um, that is going to be a fascinating watch going forward. So we'll see what happens with uh, with Ollie Henry. That news just to hand. Uh, Mark Robinson reporting as well that Kevin Sheedy lost the boardroom showdown with President David Barham on Thursday night, claiming he voted for James Hurd to be the new coach of Essendon. And the Essendon great said the decision to appoint AFL football operations boss Brad Scott was not fully endorsed by the entire board, a comment the club stressed when it announced Scott on Thursday night. Blimey, I'm going to have to go and have a read of that. That's an explosive yeah. piece of news there uh, out of Essendon via Mark Robinson at the Herald Sun uh, and Kevin Sheedy. We might uh, discuss him now just quickly, Sando, because David Barham, the new chairman, was asked about Kevin Sheedy today at the press conference alongside Brad Scott. Uh, because we wanted to have independent people from outside the club. So, yeah, Sheeds, Sheeds, but Sheeds was in the board meeting yesterday when it was all presented, so he had his say. Um, but... It was really important to me that we made independent decisions and really thorough and rigorous independent decisions. Um, so that's why we went for a coaching a, a selection committee that was totally independent and they would do all the work and then recommend it to the board. So, yeah. I, And I think it worked really well. And I think I want to call out Simone McInnes, to be honest. She made a really big contribution. So, uh, And some people wondered why she was there, but she was impressive. We'd also, I guess, wondered what happens next for James Hurd. Well, David Barham was also asked about uh, Hurdy, who went through the process to be Essendon's next coach as well. Oh, Hurdy um, went through the process, and I was glad he did. Um, he, uh, but he went through exactly the same process as everyone else. It was a, a completely independent process. Everybody had the same opportunity. That was really important. Um, Hurdy will always be a champion of this football club. Um, but I can't speak for him on whether he wants to get involved or whatever. That would be something for him, but he'll always be loved by this footy club. 
So that was David Barham uh, alongside Brad Scott, as we said earlier on today, out at the hangar at Tullamarine. We'll bring you some more uh, of that audio throughout the rest of the show. Tylers need stock fast. Well, Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 uh, outlets all stocked up. Billy's on the line in Epping, Sando. We might go out and uh, have a chat to Billy. How are you, Bill? How you going, boys? Um, I just want to talk about North Melbourne's pick one. What do we do with it? Like, I, I actually think we should split it. Now, since the Gold Coast are handing out pick seven, how about if North, you know, go to the Gold Coast and say, we'll give you pick one for maybe five, seven, and I don't know, is it like maybe a future second or something? Because if they're handing it out anyway, five and seven just won't be enough. But I just don't know what we do with it. Why do you why do you want to get rid of uh, pick one there, Billy? Well, I, th- I do think if one area of our club is good is, is our midfield, and and maybe besides Sheasel, the, the the top three or four are all midfielders. Okay, yeah, it's 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 a really good point that Billy makes. A lot of clubs do have that strategy, Sam, where they 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 might look at say, um, let's say the Bombers have got pick four, mm. they might think um, we'll get. We'll get two better players. So if if they if they traded out four for two picks in the teens, mm-hmm. rather than say have say pick four and pick twenty two or something like that, um, they find that that's actually better value having two picks in say the early teens rather than pick four and pick twenty whatever. Um, so that's I guess what I think Billy means by splitting the picks. And you have to do obviously your research and say okay, so we know that. Um, North Melbourne will bid on Ashcroft for pick one. So then effectively North Melbourne will have pick two. Yeah. Um, is the second best player in the country. Um, is he so much better than say pick 12 and 14 as, um, or, you know, um, some sort of earlier uh, picks rather than sort of waiting again for the second round. Uh, are two picks in the first round better than an, a really early pick in a pick in the second round. So I, I understand his thinking, and there are certainly some clubs who do like that strategy. Yep. Uh, Matt's text in. Uh, Thanks for call, Billy. Is Ollie Henry likely to get equal or less than Collingwood offer him? I can't answer that, Matt, uh, at the moment. We know that Geelong certainly don't overpay. Collingwood weren't going to budge on what they were offering Ollie Henry as well. And and Ash Johnson didn't help. He came from nowhere this year Yeah. if you're in the Ollie Henry camp. And then you've got, obviously, as we've said many times, Dan McStay coming in, Bobby Hill as well. You do wonder his um, stake to a regular game um, at Geelong, though, with the power of that forward line at the same time. But, um, uh, look, it's a nice family sort of reunion, isn't it, as yeah. well, which we probably shouldn't underplay. Um, play with your brother. Both brothers have spoken about it a lot over the journey, particularly Jack. Having watched the Guthries win a premiership together, he did say a few times it would be nice to have Ollie down. So the family have always been keen on it. We'll just see how keen Geelong are now. Um, and, and Sando, you're probably right. I'm sure there's been conversations behind the scenes yep. and there's a, perhaps a framework in place as to what that deal might look like. Trade Afternoons is for McDonald's, a McSpicy range at Macca's. Can you handle the heat? We might do a bit of what's the deal on the other side of this. Supercharge that right up with two one-away GWS midfielders. There's Tim Tarando and Jacob Hopper. How did Richmond get them in the door? We'd love your feedback on that. 0419-187-323. We'll get to that on the other side of this on Continental Tires. AFL Trade Radio, Continental Tires. They're engineered in Germany and proven in Australia. Trade Afternoons for McDonald's. The McSpicy Range at Maccas. Can you handle the heat?
That is What's the Deal. I'll tell you what, I was given a firm tap on the shoulder earlier that I've been saying it all wrong, Sando. Showing my age. Really? What's the Deal, 28 days. Now, uh, that ad break uh, did nothing to uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to find clarity on this. In fact, it's made it worse. I've just about gone cross-eyed, so heaven, heaven knows what they're doing behind the scenes with this one because they're two big players that are going to be very handsomely paid, each on seven-year contracts at Richmond. So it doesn't take a rocket science. Is that right? Is that a fact? Seven-year contracts. Seven-year contracts, the two of them. Wow. They are big deals. So GWS don't want to lose them. Well, they certainly don't want to lose Hopperoo's contract. It makes it a little bit trickier. So how do they make it happen? Is Jack Graham involved? The compensation pick? Ivan Soldo potentially involved as well. So as things sit, Richmond have 12, 19, 30, and 84 Things are never going to be straightforward. There's going to be picks coming back the other way. But are you preferring to look at this, these two as a duo, or can we separate them for uh, the purposes of what's the deal? Let's let's try as a duo, as a collective, as a pair first. Bulk buy. But I'd love the input from our listeners as well. I'd love this text machine to light up with. It hasn't. With <laughs> no, with their thoughts after we after we give yeah, ours. That's right. That's when they come for us. Because I think we can make this really simple. Let's let's. Let's call it a duo. I'm all ears. Taranto and Hopper. Yep. Uh, Richmond then have to give up um, pick 12. Yes. Pick 30. Yes. And the compensation pick that they receive for Carl Amon, which is pick 27. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, effectively 12, 27, and 30. So, hang on. We're assuming here then that Jack Graham's going to Port Adelaide. Yeah, sorry, sorry. So, Jack Graham has to go to Port Adelaide first. Okay. Are we so happy that's... with that? Jack Graham with pick 27, folks. So, for one, that doesn't sound right either, does it? Three. Probably not, and maybe there would need to be a sweetener along the lines. But let's say, for argument's sake, the okay. centerpiece of Jack Graham going to Port Adelaide. So let's get that deal done first. If okay. you're if you're Richmond, okay. who knows where that leaves Junior Rioli? But that's a yeah. whole other conversation. <laughs> yeah. Figure yourself out, Junior. Yeah. Okay. Right. So um, so Jack Graham leaves Richmond, and we get back pick twenty seven. Uh-huh. Uh, sorry, we get the compensation pick yes. for Kyle Amon. Yes, as well. So pick- it's twelve, thirty, and twenty seven. Yes. Does that is that. Enough. The Giants go, yeah, we're happy with that. No, I don't reckon. For Taranto and Hopper. I don't think so. So who's not happy? The Giants. I don't think the Giants are happy. Yeah. So the Giants are on the record, Jason McCartney, saying we want two first-rounders for Taranto, right? That's just what they're on the record wow. saying. Well, maybe it's 12 and a future first-rounder. Yeah, could be. For so Taranto. 12 and a future first-rounder for Taranto. And what satisfies them for Hopper? Is it 19 and something back? Well, yeah, we haven't mentioned 19, but yeah, you got so it's 19, 27, and 30. It's, so I know... We're we're going cross side. Our, our listeners yeah. must be must be crunching all these numbers as well. But it's a tough one. And this GWS have got a lot of picks though, which which helps also. Yep. And shuffle some back the other way. I mentioned Ivan Soto off the top. I have no idea his willingness or otherwise to go to GWS. Well, but the they Giant, are after yeah. a ruckman. The Giants do need some tools. They need they need power forwards and they need a ruck. Um, but yeah, that's the hard thing. That's that's what, what these two clubs will be spending hours and hours and hours on and crunching the numbers. Yeah. And then you're going to have those conversations with players. You just mentioned Soldo, which you you know he he's probably just mm. sitting back on holidays now, and he's dropped his margarita, thinking you know I'm, I'm going to, about to be traded. But um, I wish I had a margarita. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Off the text though, Richmond need a minimum three first round draft picks with nothing coming back. So that's the that's the first um, that's the first sort of flag in the ground as far as the the text machine goes. So that that is your your twelve and nineteen as they have them at the moment. Maybe a future gets thrown in there as well yeah. to get those two in. Well, we we talked off air and because Port Adelaide's first pick is pick eight, that wouldn't get it done for Jack Graham, right? That's that's no, I think that's over the top. Yeah, I mean he's a two time Premiership player. He is, he's twenty four years of age. He's a very good player. Yeah, 
But pick eight seems high, to be honest. Okay. Unless, again, again unless um, unless something else comes back from, from Port Adelaide. But at the moment, they've only got, you know, eight and 53. So they've, they've got some work to do. They've got Junior Rioli trying to get in as well. There's going to be a lot, I think we said at the start of the week, a lot of pick swaps and a lot of pick shuffling this year um, to make these things happen as much as anything. Uh, although Jack Graham, this is off the text as well, Sando, although Jack Graham to Port for 27 doesn't seem ideal, Richmond are going to have to give up a lot to get the two GWS boys uh, in. Yep. Whatever Richmond do, they'll need to leave some coin in the bank too because Shea Bolton comes out of contract at the end of next year. Um, and I just had a text here. Um, when it comes to Isaac Rankin, just going back a bit, because someone said for that money to be justified, maybe he needs to turn into Adelaide's version of Shea Bolt. Yeah, that's right. And we had that discussion yesterday as well on air about uh, the evolution of Isaac Rankin. Can he become that Shea Bolt type? He can. He's definitely got the talent. He was playing senior football in the SNFL at the age of 16 and playing very well for West Adelaide. So yeah, he's he's an exciting player. He, he needs to step up and become a an A-grade midfielder for that for that sort of contract. Um one of the callers said five million over four years. It's it's good, it's good money. In there. It's very good money. It's very good money. Yeah, um, yeah that that blindsided's a bit strong, but it certainly shocked when the trade request yeah. came through for the Suns because they thought they were on a winner there. He he bought a house up there. He was otherwise settled there, and everyone else had recommitted at Gold Coast. Sort of came. Uh, the offer was just so good from Adelaide that uh, he could not say no. So he's going home to play his football next year, subject to that trade. That one looks easy compared to this one. Uh, what's the well, deal? Sam, can I? Let's just so it's really clear. You be the Giants, and I'll be Richmond, okay. and just see if see if it seems fair, right? So, so you're the Giants. You've got Taranto and Hopper. Mm. If I'm Richmond and I give you a call and I say, okay, I'm going to take Taranto and Hopper off your hands, and what's your first reaction if I say 12, 27, and thirty? No, I hate it. Yeah, <laughs> and that's how these that's how these, these yeah. negotiations this is how they start. start. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying I want you 12, I want you 19, and I want your future first as well. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So we're now now we're starting to talk. Yeah. Yeah. And I wouldn't mind a bit of a Van Soldo on the side as well. Yeah. And see, that's and that's the thing too, because when when you, it's it's easy to give up the future. So okay, next year's let's let's worry about it then. Yeah. <laughs> next year's. Um, future first rounder. Which, if we're bullish on Richmond, well, again, won't be a pointy end pick. Yeah. It could be late. It in could the be first late. Round. Exactly right. But also, too, we need to speak to our recruiters. Get our recruiters on a Zoom meeting. We need to know what's in next year's draft. Is there a Nick Dacos? Is yeah. there a Will Ashcroft? Yeah. You know, um, is is there someone in that sort of top 10 that, you know, might be able to fall out that, around that first pick? Because sometimes you, you miss out on the best next talent coming through because you do commit to a seven years of Toronto or seven years to Hopper. But I, I've said it all, all this week, Sam, every year there are 40 gun AFL players at the age of 18 out in Australia. You just got to go find them and pick them. Yeah, you don't subscribe to that. This nah, draft strong draft, weak draft. No, <laughs> there's 40 guns. I guarantee it. Well, you year. would know. I tip my lid to you. If you're saying that, I believe it. Simon's texting, if the Cats can't get Ollie Henry and the Tigers can't satisfy the Giants for Hopper, keep an eye on potential Cats and Hopper deal. That's from Simon. I reckon a fair bit of water has gone under the bridge since this one, Simon, but you're absolutely right. Geelong for a time were red hot for Jacob Hopper. They, they just got priced out in the end. They could not compete with that seven-year deal that Richmond had, had put forward. They would have liked him. They would have liked Brodie Grundy as well, the Cats. But uh, it looks as though both of those ships are sailed. But we never never say never, albeit the Cats have got a lot going on elsewhere at the moment. Uh, this is coming through as well. Uh, what's the deal, uh, Style Sando? 12 and next year's first for Taranto. 19 and the compo pick for Graham and Soldo for Hopper. 
So that's, that's not... so the Coppo pick we think is going to be about 27. So 19 and 27 mm. for Graham and Soldo, yeah. So 12 and next year's first for Durando. Don't mind that. I don't mind that. 19 and 27 um, and Soldo for Hopper. So that's a that's a pretty big deal if you're a good deal if you're the Giants, isn't it? So you're getting uh, three, well, two first rounders and pick 19 and uh, and 27 and Soldo for losing your two prime midfielders. Yeah, well, now we're starting to talk. It's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah so the conversations. <laughs> Well, that's the thing, because you, you have to imagine, Sam, your phone as the list manager is ringing oh. from other clubs. You know, you're, I'm on the phone to you. I'm Richmond, you're Giants, and we're, we're on the phone, but I'm getting phone calls from West Coast about something else and Carlton about something else. So all these picks and future picks and... It's brain-bending. Yeah. Oh, it's a crazy time of year for these list managers. They do a great job. When you were involved at club level, did you, have, did you just say, keep that stuff away from me, or did you, were you interested by it? No, I, was, I was heavily invested, yeah, but I... And, you know, you have the big, a big whiteboard that's like four or five times the size of a normal whiteboard oh, that yeah. you get at school. And there's arrows and texture marks going everywhere. There's um, the player magnets names and movements. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's good fun. Like, and if you love footy, and a lot of our listeners obviously are really passionate about this, uh, you can and, uh, um, you get completely lost in it. But to the point where you'll be laying in bed asleep and then – Almost in your dream, an idea will come. Like I, I bet you that happens this weekend for you, Sam. You'll, you'll think, I know what, I know what will get that Taranto and Hopper deal done. I better yeah. ring Sando now. And so then, yeah, Sunday your phone will ring and away you go. You'll start, you'll start the calls, the calls again. Gee, those whiteboards, and they might have like fifty or sixty names on them, names yeah. that don't ever, ever come to fruition. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, gee, that's trade radio. Gold well, the other right thing there. too, Sam, is you've got to have the um, like next year's unrestricted free agents, yeah. and you've got to have the year after's unrestricted. So. Sides would have um, teams would have been planning for this Dugowie moment for for you know two years. They would have known that he was coming out of contract and all that. You know, uh, so clubs are well positioned and they have people employed full time to do what we're doing for two hours. They do that full time. Um, crazy it is. So just repeating that news: Ollie Henry wants to play for Geelong. He has told Collingwood he wants to trade to the Cats. Before we get to a break, James is in Caulfield. He wants to talk about it. How are you, Jimmy? Hey guys, how are we? What's going on? Hey, Sando, can you give us some insight how it works? So, Ollie Henry says he wants to go to the Cats. Now, does that mean Geelong and Collingwood have come up with a deal for that to be announced? Or did Geelong say, put Collingwood under pressure? Ollie, you come out to the media and say, I want to go. Is it is it a bit of both or does it work one way? Yeah, a, a little bit of both. But the player's manager would have a fair bit um, to do with this as well. So, it would normally be the player manager. So, Ollie, Ollie Henry's personal player manager would be in discussion with both of the clubs. So his manager would, would notify Collingwood and say, hey, listen, um, um, I'm going to speak to the Cats about, about Ollie Henry going to the Cats. They would then ring Stephen Wells um, and then say, you know, Ollie's really keen. What do you think? Um, Geelong would go back and research it, speak to the player manager. And then between the manager and the two clubs, they would facilitate conversations. But I think for it to become public, um, for the manager to come out publicly and say, Ollie Henry wants to go to the Cats, that suggests to me that there are conversations currently in place. Now, we, we've seen it many times where the deal hasn't been done, but um, it's up to the clubs now, I think, and that's, I, I guess, where the, exactly what Sam and I were just talking about then would be they'd be locked away in conversations over the next week or so um, about how both clubs could feel like they've won from the deal. So Cats can get Henry, but then how does Collingwood feel like they're, they're almost – better compensated than having Ollie Henry on their list. That's that's how the deal will get done. Mm. So it, it can be quite messy and a lot of 
a lot of tough phone calls, a lot of um, angry hanging up the phone, you know, when um, when one of the sides won't budge. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think it becomes public from the player manager until there is almost acknowledgement that the two clubs are, are having phone conversations. Thanks for the call, Jimmy. Pick 17 in 2020, he was Ollie Henry. So the Cats, that's another one there. They get Tanner Bruin yep. in. They get Ollie Henry in. Do they get Jack Bowes in as well? And I know he said he's staying many times over Sando, but plenty of people texting in wondering if Asava Radagalia could be a good fit for the Pies as part of the Ollie Henry deal. Someone who might be involved there. But then again, he has a contract, so he's within his rights, obviously, to uh, to dig in and stay at GMHBA Stadium. That was What's the Deal? Right here on Trade Afternoons for McDonald's of McSpicy Range at Macca's. Can you handle the heat? And it's all right here on Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio, Continental Tyres, engineered in Germany and proven right here in Australia. Trade Afternoons for McDonald's, the McSpicy Range at Macca's. Can you handle the heat? On a day where Brad Scott has been unveiled as the new coach of the Essendon Football Club. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Trade Afternoons for McDonald's and McSpicy Range at Macca's. Can you handle the heat? Just reading that uh, that Mark Robinson story on the Superfooty website, Sando, uh, Kevin Sheedy, who was involved in that board meeting, of course, we floated it earlier. He wanted heard. The rest of the board wanted Brad Scott. The vote was 6-1. And he right? voted for heard. <laughs> And the other so six. Is that public that the vote was 6 1? Sheedy, it was on a call to the board meeting from California. Robbo writes, told the Herald Sun on Friday the boardroom vote was 6 1 and he voted for Heard. I'm extremely disappointed that the comment from my club was that it was fully endorsed when in fact I voted for James Heard to be the coach of Essendon. Sheedy said the vote was 6 1. Now, I would have expected that to have been written, and then in the end, the board actually won that vote. But I want to make sure all the fans know that I voted for James Heard, and I'm extremely disappointed with the report that went out from the Essendon Media Department. I'm not happy. Wow. Well, do you know what happens? So that it, like quite often in in footy clubs, when you have team selection, or obviously examples like this, even if there are if the vote is not unanimous. When you leave that room, it has to be unanimous, like regardless, and you have to suck it up. Um, uh, and it's the same with, like I said, with a grand final selection when someone gets left out, even though a coach, like I, yeah. I might really want to pick a player yeah. and he gets left out, but you can't have a coach going to a player saying, I'm sorry that you're out, but I actually wanted you in. You know, I actually, I've, I actually voted for you in. Like, So how does that work now with the relationship with Brad <sighs> Scott and Kevin Sheedy? Like, um, I, I know. It's amazing. He said, I actually felt insulted, Sheedy said, that Heard would think I voted against him after what he's done for our club. This is what happens when you bring new people into the club. So he's haymakers at the moment, Kevin Sheedy. Uh, that is an extraordinary set of quotes. Don't tell Essendon, the Essendon fan base an untruth. What's well, interesting because I know what happens is you bring in an external selection committee and then they present their recommendations to the board. So, yes, the board ultimately have the final say. They might choose to ignore the um, recommendations from the mm. external selection committee, which we heard before was Jordan Lewis and Simone McInnes and um, who else was ever I'm not sure. Uh, was Dorothy Hisgrove, um, Robert Walls, did you mention? So uh, Josh Marnie was the chair. Yep. So, they, yeah, that was so a, they They then re- have their recommendations to the board, and yep. then the board ultimately pulled the trigger on the decision. So... That's unusual that the I'm surprised that the um 
that the numbers would be released, but yeah, or oh, sorry, they haven't been released. It's, it's Kevin Sheedy. It's saying an extraordinary. It's, it's yeah. extraordinary clarity on the situation, isn't yeah, it? Offered by Sheeds, there. You don't see that too often. Uh, that level of detail. Uh, off the text to Jack. Uh, Jack Graham and Ivan Soldo being a little undersold by the media, both coming into their primes, both are premiership players. Graham, 24, a two-time premiership player. Jack Dyer, runner-up in 22, and seen as potential captain replacement. How are Taranto and Hopper worth two first-rounders? And Graham, nowhere near that. Seems wrong. And these are all the questions and all the debating yeah, and all yeah. the thrashing out that, uh, as you say, Sando, is taking place right now behind the scenes involving Richmond, involving GWS, and potentially involving Port Adelaide in and amongst that as well. Uh, there's lots of news still to get to. Uh, Ryan Vague joined the boys earlier. Um, Cal and Riley, when it come, came to uh, the Jordan Ngoi contract and the five-year uh, deal that he has signed. We've got Sando's shopping list still to get to as well. The Crows, the Eagles, and the Kangaroos, how they can get better, what they need to get in. And it's all still to come on Continental Tires, AFL Trade Radio. Continental Tires, engineered in Germany, proven here in Australia. Trade Afternoons. For McDonald's, the McSpicy range at Macca's. Can you handle the heat? Oh, yes. Welcome back. Trade Afternoons. The McSpicy range at Macca's is out now. Sando's shopping list is also uh, just about out. We'll get to that in a moment. Before we do, though, uh, Sando, let's go out to Warrigal, where Sean's uh, been waiting on the line. How are you, Shawnee? Good, boys. How's it going? What's on your mind? Hey, I just wanted to speak about Brody Grundy and Melbourne. Uh, I just want to see if you boys reckon that Max Gorn could play or 85% time in forward as a full forward, lose Ben Brown out of that forward line. Um, Sam Wiedemann plays third tall with Tom McDonald at Tanar Ford. Sando's department. Yeah, um, yes, I do think that could happen. But I just think, and this is what hasn't made a lot of sense to a lot of people externally is, you probably got then almost the two best ruckmen in the competition in your best 22. Um, so you, you sort of want to both play and ruck. And I know Brody Grundy has spent time forward, but hasn't been a huge success there. He's a great ruckman. And yes, he needs to recapture his best and fairest form. Um, and Max Gorn is a, such a great ruckman too. I just think you just need him in the ruck as well. So I'm not sure how that all plays out. Could, they, it, could it work? Could you envisage a scenario, I'll ask a, a real layman question here, where they both are on the field at once, one station forward, one station to kick behind the ball, and they just ruck at opposite ends of the ground. Yeah, I don't mind that front half, back half, um, or front half and defensive half. Yeah, that that definitely could work. Um, and I like Sean's idea too about you know potentially playing Tom McDonald a little bit higher and Wiedemann, um sort of as that floating sort of third tall. Um, yeah, I mean, and and maybe we don't know something that Melbourne know about Max Gorn's health too, like. We expect him to play forever, but maybe he's you know it's it's a it's a barbaric position. The ruck they do uh, put their bodies through enormous amounts of um, contact each season. So it's a good term for it. Oh, is it ever? Um, well, my friends from overseas when they watch our game, that's that's the one part of our game that I, well, they don't understand a lot of it. But why these two guys at the start of the game in each <laughs> just, quarter and then just it's like come jousting in and, without sticks, come in and charging <laughs> at each other, jumping to each other with their knees up. But yeah, it's. It hasn't made a lot of sense for a lot of people, the, the Grundy-Melbourne deal and, and how it plays out with Max Gorm, but um, there's some smarter people than us 
behind the scenes, I'm sure, who have got a great plan um, of how of, yep. of how this is going to work. Like going along the lines of your theory about Geelong and Collingwood, they would they this wouldn't be out unless it was possible to make a trade. Yeah, that's right. Grundy to Melbourne wouldn't be out, and described as some as a certainty to happen yep. unless Melbourne have worked out an absolute way where it works yep. with Max Gorn, of yep. course. Brent's asked an interesting question off the text. Any news on Taron Thomas staying or going? It, I spoke to someone about this today. Uh, Brent, at the moment, I'll say staying. But it could change. Uh, but at the moment, we'll say staying. Let's go with that. Um, probably might be one of those ones. The less said at the moment, the better. Paul is uh, over in Perth. How are you, Paul? Hey, good morning, boys. Or well, afternoon, where you guys are, actually. <laughs> hey, just, I didn't ring about this, but the Braden Proust was meant to go to, well, went to Melbourne uh, with the hope that him and um, him and Gorn could sort of play ruck forward and. And whilst I'm not comparing Proust to, to Grundy as players, that whole scenario just simply didn't work yeah. to the mm. point where Proust is no longer there. Um, I wanted to talk about um, just workshop an idea, if, if you like. I know you guys have got a lot of time, and maybe now it's not the time to do it, but you've got three weeks to fill kind of thing. The concept of, of a trade tax where, where clubs who are lower on the ladder who are having players taken away from them, the club that takes them can take them and pay them what they want, but an extra amount is put onto the or taken off or added onto their salary cap to sort of try and stop better teams from pillaging uh, other teams. Well, we're looking at, at the Giants list and just going through the other, it looks like there's 25 players that at some point were on the Giants list that are now on, on other club lists this season. I haven't gone through, through the Gold Coast list, but like, that just, these feed, these clubs can't just constantly be treated as as like a draft filter mm. for, for for big Victorian teams. And I was I was wondering whether could a draft tax be a, a useful tool to sort of still allow movement, but to combat it a little bit. Yeah, it's a good it's a good suggestion. Um, and you're right; it must be so frustrating for Giants fans. It feels like um, it feels like every year we we have these players who requests trades out. And I don't think it's anything to do with their culture or anything. I think I, I actually can't put my finger on why we do see so much, so much movement out of the Giants. Um, they've got a great, li- a great list, but every year they seem to lose uh, two or three, you know, uh, players in that age bracket, that sort of 24 to 27, who they've put time and development into um, and find a way to, to get traded out. Then they'll obviously go to the draft this year. They'll pick a new bunch of uh of great mm. young players, and mm. in two or three years' time, you're just sort of uh, hoping that they don't put their hands up to be traded either. And this is the exact cycle, Paul, that the Gold Coast are looking to break at the moment with yep. the Bose deal and, and and with the Tanner Bruins of the world and, and all those guys and the Fiorinis. This is exactly what they're Isaac trying to Rankin. break. Isaac, well, they wanted to keep Isaac, obviously, but that this this very aggressive, um, you know, I hate the term, but the salary dumping operation they did with Will Brody last year is exactly to avoid this happening down the track for them. They don't want to hopefully contend as they think they will do in the next few years and then drop off a cliff because they've had to push money down the road. And if there is a tax, there already is one with these clubs because they have to pay more to keep these guys in the non-traditional footy markets. You know, they didn't grow up dreaming of playing in front of 12,000 people in the West of Sydney. Yep. They grew up dreaming of playing Collingwood or Carlton at the MCG. So they've had to pay more to keep them. And the reason there's an excess is because of that and also because of the concessions they've been given over time. They've had so much access to so much talent. Can't yeah. keep them all. Well, even I mentioned, Sam, that I went to Geelong's Best and Ferris last night and you look at a guy like Jeremy Cameron, um, and the lifestyle, I guess, in Western Sydney. So now he lives, 
he lives on a farm just outside of Geelong in a lot of space. Um, uh, you know, and he is as happy as you can be. He's a pig in. Yep. Yeah. Um, he's loving his lifestyle and he plays at a great club. And like you said, he plays in front of big crowds, um, at the MCG. Uh, and obviously he drives, you know, 20 minutes into Geelong, um, where they've now built a fantastic, uh, stadium with, um, home fans. So that's something that's not factored in, you know, when you talk about getting drafted to some of these clubs that, um, it really does appeal to Jeremy Cameron. It doesn't appeal to everybody. Like if, um, say for example, um, Jordan Degoe might, that might not appeal to him, that lifestyle, but for a guy like Jeremy Cameron, it does. So it's. It's something that's not built into, I guess, player contracts. And when we talk about players wanting to get uh, other opportunities at new clubs, um, we never really talk about that lifestyle element that, that Geelong has a huge advantage in. Let's go to Isaac, who's uh, out in Hawthorne here, Sander, before we get into your first uh, shopping list club, the Crows, a little bit uh, in a little bit of time. Isaac, welcome to you. Sorry to keep you waiting. Hey, guys. No worries. What's on your mind? I just to talk about... I just wanted to talk about the um, the whole Jack Sparrow's trade and how that gets done. Does Geelong part with their um, their late first round pick, or do you reckon that they get get rid of one of their third round picks and throw in a player like maybe like Sam Minigola or Sam Simpson um, in there as well? Uh, look, my read of the situation, Isaac, and and <laughs> some people might want to not want to hear this, Sando, but they're not going to have to give up a whole of a lot. Yeah. What what they're giving up. Is they're taking on his whole contract? That's 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 the reason for it, Isaac. So, Gold Coast don't want to have to pay Jack Bowes eight fifty next year, and it might even be as high as eight fifty the following year. The money they've pushed down the road for him, they want another club to take that contract completely off the books. So desperate are they to get it off the books, and they're trying to sweeten the deal with pick seven. So, I don't think the Cats will have to give up, or any club will have to give up much at all. That's what makes it the most attractive uh, offer in this trade period. So, you think the Cats might like eighteen might not be enough? Like they have, sorry, they're like eighteen might be too too low. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Wow. If I'm Geelong, I'm not giving up much at all. I'm taking on <laughs> the whole crazy. contract. I'm taking on the contract. That's that's what you're taking on. That's what you're giving up. Yeah, you're giving up the room that you've got in your cap to fit Jack. Bowes How many in. more years is his contract? Two. So two years for eight hundred. Two years at about one point five. Right, gotcha. Really? Well, the time you you factor it in, and it's not the contract that he signed, Isaac. Obviously, it's just what the Suns have done to keep these guys in. They've had to yeah. push it down the road already. They've just got to get it off the books. Yep. So, um, he's not going to get into that midfield anytime soon up at the Gold Coast Suns. So potentially, they see it as a win-win. They see it as a, as an investment in their future, like I discussed earlier. So it sounds, it sounds crazy, doesn't it? Yeah, on it the does. surface, this is a good player, Jack Bros. I've said it every day. Oh, I know. I, I know. Love you, him. You're bullish on him. this. Is why it could yeah. be an outrageously good deal yep. for the. Cats. All right, let's um, let's get Tony Barber in, shall we? And now let's go shopping. It's delivery time. It's time for Sando's shopping list. Oh, hello. This week's supercharged. <laughs> was that was that in yesterday? No, it wasn't. Someone's hit turbo on that this oh, afternoon. Johnny Tam's done his finest voiceover work. Fantastic. Danny, can I just hear that one more time, please? Just just one more time before we get to it. And now let's go shopping. It's delivery time. It's time for Sando's shopping list. <laughs> I tell you what, the budget here uh, is no expense spared. Well, can I can I get that? Um, can I get that? I wouldn't mind that as my ringtone or <laughs> my, my, yes. my text alert. I, I really love that. Uh, I like that. Of course, Sando's shopping list been a big hit this week uh, for Ego Power Tools. Think outside with the Ego Power Plus, yep. fifty-six volt battery range of outdoor power equipment. Sando, and we're we're going to one of your old clubs today. Yeah, the Crows um, and. They are the youngest and least experienced side. They've been in a, a serious rebuild now for three or four seasons. 
Um, I really like the way they played this year. I know uh, they had some great wins. Um, probably a bit disappointed with that final game of the season. They they would have liked to win that last showdown of the year against Port Adelaide. Um, but that's a disappointing way to finish. They lose Luke Brown, who's been a great uh, young, uh, sorry, a great small defender for the Crows uh, back since 2012. Um, he'll be missed. Um, and we expect Matt Crouch to request a trade, although there are some rumours across in Adelaide that the Crows might just hold him to his contract and make him fight it out. Um, and the other one is yep. Billy Frampton, who's who's been mentioned um, as potentially ending up at Collingwood. But like I said, I like the way they play. They, they play a contested style. Uh, they get from contest to contest. They play with great energy. They tackle hard. Their defensive pressure's excellent. But they've got too much of the same through the midfield. And uh, that's no secret. Um, I know the Crows won't say that publicly, but when you look at, at, at Laird, Sloan, Keys, Crouch, even Scholl, um, um, and even Schoenberg, they're, they're all the same person. They're all um, almost like that uh, Spider-Man when they're pointing at each other. You know, we're, we're all the mm. same person. So what they need is some variety through that midfield. They need some speed, um, either some bigger bodies um, or some guys that can get in there and create a bit of havoc and explode out of contest, which – um, which I just think they have to go through through the draft. When you look at potentially trading players or, um, you know, Narkel might be a good one. You know, Narkel who got uh, yep. sped out at, at the Cats this week. Um, he could provide a bit, of, a bit of sharpness around contest. He's got speed. Um, has he got the engine to run through the midfield? I'm not sure. Um, they have had some success, though, bringing players in. You know, Seedsman has been really serviceable coming across from Collingwood. And Keys, we know, has been great coming down from Brisbane. Um, he was their acting captain for a lot of this season with Sloan out. But um, I think that's the area uh, that they need to focus on firstly um, is potentially look to trade Matt Crouch. I'm not sure where he fits though. We talked about it with Tom Mitchell. Um, you can't have two or three of those guys in your same midfield. He's a very good player. He's the best and fairest winner at the Crows. Um, clean, extractor, um, good decision maker, but not a penetrating kick and no speed. Um, so that would concern clubs. So I'm not sure what they would get in return if they if they could find uh, a, a, another home for Matt Crouch. Um, but yeah, I think I would start with midfield. Um, I don't mind their defence. There's mm. there's some experience in defence. There's some stability down there. It looks like um, I'm a little bit concerned about. They haven't no one's really stood up as the replacement for Taylor Walker. Um, he had a great season. Um, we saw the emergence of Darcy Fogarty. Uh, he had a really good second half of the year. He started to kick some goals and we saw his power. Um, but is it Phil Thorpe? Um, we talked about Frampton. Um, they've got a lot of small forwards, which was why I was scratching my head with the Isaac ranking yeah. one. So you've got McHenry, Murphy, James Rowe, uh, Ben Davis, you know, Rochelle, um, who started uh, his first year as a sort of a medium-sized forward. But it, I guess they hope he'll end up as a uh, one of those explosive mids that I, I, I spoke about. But yeah, I think... I think with Rankin coming in, um, they need him to go in the midfield. Short burst, a little bit like we talked about. Well, a lot of our listeners have mentioned Isaac Rankin needs to become the 2022 version of uh, mm. Shea Bolton. Mm. That would be what the Crows would be asking for or hoping for. But, yeah, that's that's my summary of the Crows, yeah. um, I reckon. So I, I can see them improving next year, but I still think the road is, is a long one for the Crows. I think the game style is right. I think the coach is right. Uh, but they still need to keep um, finding a bit more talent for this list. When when I put a blanket over that whole group, I just don't think there's enough A-graders that just pop up straight away. And I think the top sides, when you look at like this year's two grand finalists, mm. 
look at Melbourne, uh, look at Brisbane, um, scattered like there's lots there's lots of A graders through 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 those four clubs. But I think that's the challenge now with the Crows. Keep going to the draft. Keep obviously they're going to bring in Rankin, but tr- keep trying to look for A grade talent that they can hold on to. There was a story uh, middle of the year, July, on Nine News Adelaide, actually, that reporting that, that Matt Crouch had been told that he wouldn't be receiving a new contract. He's contracted for next year and already, yep. reportedly anyway, had been told that he wouldn't get another one before his, his current deal expires. So I think we're all conditioned to thinking that, yeah, he would be given permission to look around and, and perhaps gauge some interest if there was any out there. But listening to Justin Reid earlier on today here on Trade Radio, he said he, he fully expected Matt Crouch yeah. to be in Adelaide Colours next year. Well, that's what I did. I'd... I went through every club last night and thought, where would he be a good fit? And it just feels like every club has already got that player, that, yep. that type. And like I said, you can't have two, which is why James Warple um, and Tom Mitchell doesn't work long-term at Hawthorne. Um, and we look at, say, West Coast, and you've got, say, Tim Kelly in there, who's who's a great player, but you don't need Tim Kelly and Matt Crouch. Or we're going to talk about North Melbourne now. Um, you know, you don't need Ben Cunnington and Hugh Greenwood and Matt Crouch, you know. So, um you could go through every club, which is what I did, and I, I just don't know where quite he fits. So it wouldn't surprise me if as much as they – and he would be getting his manager to speak to all the clubs that um, that he sees out his final year at, out at the Crows, but they need speed. Yep. Okay, off the text. Matt Cratch to West Coast. We need him, especially now that Redden has retired. That's from Craig over there in Perth. That's his wish list anyway, his shopping list. Trade afternoons is for McDonald's and McSpicy Range at Maccas. Can you handle the heat? And it all takes place right here on Continental Tires AFL Trade Radio on this, the first day of the free agency period. Continental Tires, engineered in Germany and proven here in Australia. Trade Afternoons for McDonald's. The McSpicy Range at Maccas. Can you handle the heat? In terms of the behavioural stuff, um, like I'm not going to speak, uh, obviously it's, it's intimate to me and, and I have knowledge of it, but the one thing I will say is um, the biggest thing um, for Jordan and, and what we conveyed to the club and they respectfully understood and, and we reached the position is that, you know, Jordan, like all other AFL players, we weren't going to have, you know, from our side of things, Jordan held to any um, standards above that of, of what is expected of an AFL um, player under rules, regs, code of conduct policies. And I think even the PA was, was strong on that this week. And, um, so were we. Um, we weren't here to set a precedent moving forward um, that could uh, expose players to more. Um, the club was very respectful of that, um, and that's probably about all I'll say. Jordan is still bound by the behaviours expected of an AFL player, um, and the rest of it um, will stay um, between the parties. There you go. That was uh, Ryan Vague, the manager of Jordan Dugowie. And if we're reading between the lines there, perhaps it was Collingwood, as we, we might have forecast a couple of days ago, they ended up stepping back from some of those um, rigid clauses that they had in that contract relating to Jordan Dugowie's behaviour going forward. Regardless, um, it's academic now because Jordan Dugowie has signed a five-year contract at Collingwood. And they're not on your shopping list this year, uh, this week, today rather, Sando, but they have been this week. And that is St Kilda. Maybe a quick supplementary shopping list here yeah. because they were in for Dugowie, yep. who's a big acquisition, no matter what way you slice and dice it. Now that they haven't got him, how do you think they go casting forward the Saints? Does it yeah. change their direction? I think it does. I think it has to. And I, I sort of unpacked it earlier in the week about St Kilda. I, when you sort of feel like you're close, but you potentially need that 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 big game breaker like a Dugowie, that probably changes their thinking a little bit now. And we spoke to to Jaron Geary 
earlier in, earlier in the week as well. Um, they they lose Hanabry, they lose Geary, Paddy Ryder retires. Now you miss out on Dugowie. I just think when you look at their squad, Sam, I just I don't see them winning a premiership in the next two to three years. So I think that influences now your decision around what you do in the trade period and and what you target in the draft. So um, we we heard some uh, some really positive outlooks on players like Wangani Malira. Owens, Win Hager, young Max Heath, the big ruckman. Um, so they have got some good young talent coming through. I think St Kilda would be wise now after missing Dugowie just to potentially reset and say, right, uh, let's look at long-term sustained success rather than trying to pinch a premiership in the next year or two. So mm. that's that's how I would play it now if I was the Saints. So the Saints picks 9, 27, 45, 81. If that is their approach, then they need a greater foothold in the draft, don't they? You'd like to see them yep. get some more picks in, however they're able to, to, to manufacture that. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Jeff Walsh as well. So tomorrow is my understanding that he will be appointed as the head of football at the Saints or the new head of football, whatever it's going to be. I, I did speak to Jeff um, a few days ago. He confirmed St Kilda had approached, but that at that time he was unsure. He wanted to get back into football full-time. I touched base with the Saints before we came on air. They said uh, at this stage there is nothing to report, but my understanding is they've reached an agreement. He's accepted, and that will be announced in the coming days, if not tomorrow. So one get. to keep an he's eye on. He's a good get. Well, she, he's got Seen so much everything. experience, yeah, and he's he's pretty hard. He's pretty firm. Um, work with him at Collingwood, and yeah, he's he's not afraid to say what what's what's on his mind. He's 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 a brilliant operator and a great fit for Saints. Part of a restructure there, of course, with Simon Lethley moving into the CEO position. Righto, Sando's uh, shopping list, uh, the supercharged uh, piece of audio. The stinger got him up and about. We go from uh, Adelaide, a little bit of Saints, and now into West Coast. What do they need on the list, Sando? Um, well. It's unusual that you see a side who is this old, and when I say this old, they've got the second um, uh, second oldest age list at the moment, and they finished right at the bottom of the ladder. So it's it's unusual. They and it's pretty clear what they have to do, Sam. They have to really overhaul this list now. They won a premiership in two thousand eighteen. They've got pick two. So how do they mm. use that? Um, now it's obvious people will be listening saying you just pick the best talent, but. Uh, when you look at Kautumi's latest rankings and how he sees the phantom draft, um, there's a there's a well the first West Australian that comes up is a guy called Ruben Ginby, um, who's who's a uh, midfielder who plays high high uh, back as well. He would be the perfect fit, I think, for West Coast. They they've still got a great midfield. You look at Tim Kelly, Yo, Shuey, Gaff, Sheed, um, but they're all old. <laughs> they're all old. They're yeah. they're at the I know what you're saying. Twilight of their yep. careers. Um, and they've been great players for West Coast for a long time. But who are the young ones coming through? Who are the exciting young midfielders that are going to burst into this team and have a huge impact? They, I just can't see them on their list at the moment. So I think that's where they go with the draft is yep. take your, your best talented West Australian midfielder. Um, and that just gives you a bit of safety. And we've seen that. We've talked about it all week, Sam, about the players that have that go home factor. But yeah, even though you've got pick two, you maybe shuffle around a few picks if you think he's going to, if he's going to drop like Cow thinks to pick eight. But I think there's a bit of um, security, and it'll be the smart decision to pick the best talented West Australian mid for the West Coast. Right. Um, they lose Josh Kennedy, so there's their forward line still Jack Darling and Oscar Allen, who are great players. You have got Liam Ryan there and Jamie Cripps. Once again, 
they're not spring chickens. They're not. They're not kids, but um, they're very good players. Well, Oscar um, is at least. Oscar's on the right side of the uh, the equation. Um, yep. And they'll get him back. Obviously, he had a, a shocking run this year, but he's only twenty three, so a lot of upside there at least. Petrocelli's a good player. Uh, Jermaine Jones is a good player. Uh, Jake Waterman um, is a is a good high forward. He plays a little bit of wing as well. Um, Rioli Junior. We expect to go to Port Adelaide. Yep. Yep. So um, so they they lose a small forward there. So. I just think it's across across the midfield and that that forward group. You just keep bringing the best young talent. So I don't think it's through trades, Sam. I think this is a side that will be heavily invested in the draft. Um, and then again, down back, you look, um, McGovern, Barras, Hearn, they're, they're old. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're good players, but they've been around for, for a long time. So I think you just keep refreshing the list now. Yeah. It's pretty simple. It's going to take time. Pretty simple formula for the West Coast Eagles. Get the best young talent with preference in your early picks with local kids, if, yeah. you, if 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 that works out. Gee, there was a bit of smoke, uh, no fire on my stress, but there was uh, uh, the jungle drums were beating for a while around Mitch Georgiades and where the West yeah, Coast would approach Port yep. Adelaide and tip pick two might have been come involved with that. I'm not sure if that came off the back of the Junior Rioli stuff, but it was around nonetheless. And yep. and the power were mindful of that. They were um they were uh, wary at least. They were bracing themselves that West Coast might come, but uh, nothing to that end. So well, there uh, would be questions, though, Sam. And this was my role when I was coaching the Crows. I would do the same thing. I would say to our List management committee. Um, yeah. Tell me all the South Australians who are playing for other clubs, who are either coming out of contract, um, who are, who are not, or, or who are not getting regular games, sort of just in that sort of fringe. But we think it would be appealing for them to come back home. So that would be happening at West Coast and Fremantle, um, and Adelaide with Rankin. We were speaking yeah. about Rankin before. I mean, he's a South Australian. You've got to ask the question every year. You've got to get. Yeah. You got to call call the manager, and just say, um, I might be wasting my time, but. How is player X feeling and how's he going? Would there be any interest about coming? And coming maybe that's where the George Hardy stuff started, perhaps, because yeah. he would be a great pickup for then. WA kid, obviously, with it all ahead of him as a promising young forward, you lose Josh Kennedy. Imagine if you're able to pair yep. him with Oscar Allen for the next 10 This years. is a great club too. West Coast are one of the, one of the best clubs in the AFL. They're, they're very well ran. They've got incredible facilities over there. They've got a huge supporter and fan base. Uh, they played a great stadium. Um, the only downside is every second week you got to jump on a four-hour yeah. flight across to Melbourne yeah. or um, you know Brisbane or whatever to to play um, your games. But uh, yeah, I I expect West Coast to use this period pretty quietly through the trade. Maybe try and get in some more picks. But I think um, I think that we'll see them for two or three years here. Go heavily in the draft and. Pick the best young talent they can. Being linked to Jaden Hunt, who we spoke about a couple of days ago, would need to uh, to change the fabric on the uh, on the headband, and also yep. Dev Robinson as well. And I'm not sure Brisbane would be willing to let him go, but just no, a couple well, of players. They love they yeah. love him up at Brisbane, and yep. you know you know I had the conversation with Dom earlier in the week. Uh, he's <laughs> he um, is a huge fan of Robinson, and you know right. I I made that that comment about there's so many midfielders at Brisbane, like someone has to spill out. Yeah. But Brisbane's. Um, Back half of the year, when they started to hit a bit of form in the finals, that was with Robertson in the midfield. Yeah. Uh, so he he's obviously a West Australian playing for 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 Brisbane, but they they rate him very highly. Just an ancillary topic to what we're talking about here on Trade Radio, and not one for Dom that he would have involvement in. But I, I do wonder what they'll do with the captaincy. I know Dane Zorko signed on for one more year. I wonder yep. if there'll be a captaincy handover, maybe something to keep an eye on uh, over the off season with Lockie Neal, obviously at the peak of his powers and a great leader at that club. Although Zorko. Showed some really encouraging signs in the final series, didn't he? Sando's shopping list, we're working through that. North Melbourne, well, they're up next on Trade Afternoons for McDonald's and McSpicy Range at Macca's. Can you handle the heat? And it's great to have your company on a Friday afternoon here on Continental Tires, AFL Trade Radio, Continental Tires, engineered in Germany and proven in Australia. 
trade afternoons for McDonald's, the McSpicy range at Macca's. Can you handle the heat? A trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. Welcome back. Collingwood forward Ollie Henry is keen to move to Geelong. He's told the Pies he wants to trade down the highway to the Cattery, link up with his brother Jack if a trade can be arranged. And that's the big if at the moment. He's a first-round pick of a couple of years ago. Collingwood would demand that in return. Can the Cats give it up? Uh, Sando, with everything else they've got going on, going to be a really interesting watch uh, over the trade period. I'll tell you what, I nearly fell off my chair when I read those quotes from yeah. Kevin Sheedy earlier on in the Herald Sun, where he is uh, taking us right inside the board meeting when it came to the board's vote on their next senior coach, as per the recommendations from the subcommittee. He told us the vote was 6 1, 6 went for Brad Scott, and he was the lone ranger that he put out there for. His old mate, James Hurd, and he went public because he was upset that Essendon said the board decision was unanimous. And he said, "We, I'm not happy. Don't tell the Essendon fan base a mistruth. Uh, I'm extremely disappointed that the comment from my club was it was fully endorsed when, in fact, I voted for James Hurd to be the coach of Essendon. I want to make sure that all the fans know that I voted for James Hurd and I'm extremely disappointed with the report that went out from the Essendon media department. Unbelievable. Wow. Yeah, it's great. It's great reading. It's exciting. <laughs> you, your eyes nearly popped yeah. out of your skull as someone involved in Clubland when you got yep. a board member uh, going, well, going rogue, let's be yeah. honest. Well, it's happened occasionally. I mentioned before, Sam, it happens sometimes when at, at, um, at uh, selection when it's not unanimous and then obviously you've got to put your 22 yeah. in and a coach has been known over the last 30 years to go to a player and say, I know you got dropped, but I actually had you in, which yeah. is the cardinal sin. You have to be united. No matter what the outcome is, if it's not unanimous, it doesn't matter. It is unanimous um, because you've got to go forward. Um, and this is potentially one of the challenges. Oh, hang that... on. Well, if that scenario is three on the Richter scale, then this is 9.8. This is extraordinary yeah. uh, set of comments uh, on the Herald Sun website at the moment. Um yeah. Before we get back to the shopping list, Brady Rawlings has spoken uh, via the North Melbourne Media Department, uh, their Twitter feed, uh, a video from Brady, um, Head of uh, Talent Management at uh, North Melbourne, on uh, North Melbourne being heavily involved in the trade period. Yeah, we hope to be heavily involved in the trade period this year. Our, our aim is to bring some more mature, mature talent into the club. Um, we feel like we've got a bit of a void in in that age group, um, so we, we need to improve on the field. To, so the best way to do that is to bring in some some players that feel some list needs and obviously add some experience to us as well on the field. And just before we leave this, Sando, we had a caller or a texter asking about North Melbourne's pick one early and what they might do to perhaps split that. Um, Brady was asked about that as well. Yeah, well, you certainly need to think about it during this period coming up. Um, with picks, you can you can trade your picks uh, after trade period, um, you can still trade picks all the way up to the draft, and then obviously on the night with live trading, you can you can trade your pick then as well. So, um, but you need to be prepared for for the value you place on the on the pick um, in case something does come up during this trade period. So, um, obviously, it's got great value. It's um, it's a it's a really strong draft up that top end. Um, if we keep the pick, we'll be getting a really good player in. Um, so that would be something really beneficial for us to consider. 
Hey, Tollers, you need stock fast. Beaumont Tolls ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. That was a Beaumont's news update from a pretty busy Friday at Must Be Said, the opening to the free agency window. Sando, um, let's go back to your uh, your shopping list. We're with North Melbourne. Yeah, the Kangaroos. This is our last side. Um, it's pretty straightforward, I think, for the Kangaroos. They're on a, on a obviously on a on a rebuilding phase. Um, they they just need the best young talent. And we've said that a, we've said that a lot today around Adelaide and also West Coast as well. They've got some veterans like obviously Jack Zebel, Ben Cunnington, Todd Goldstein, who have been incredible servants um, for the club, uh, and they've been awesome. Um, what they have done well though, and sometimes you just need a little bit of time to let these young midfielders grow into a body shape and and type and toughness to match it with the top group. So I think I think the core is there. So I, I really like Jai Simpkin, Luke Davies-Uniak, uh, obviously Jason Horn-Francis, Will Phillips, Tom Powell, Bailey Scott. I think the foundations are set there. Um, and obviously Hugh Greenwood plays um, a really important role in that. Um, I like their key defence with, with Ben McKay. Um, and obviously number one for my shopping list, and it sounds like it'll get done, would be a key defender. Yep. So obviously heavily linked with Griffin Lowe coming across from Fremantle. That's a perfect fit. Um, I like Aiden Core, but he probably hasn't stood up how, he, how they expected him to. Um, they've got some running defenders, Aaron Hall, Luke McDonald, Kane Turner. Uh, but, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing um, that sort of um, Braden Maynard type, you know, that big, strong mm. key de- – uh, not, not key defender, but strong defender that can play tall and small that – uh, that's that's really hard to play against. Almost like a Cam Zerhar that plays back. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and talking about their forward line and Cam, Cam Zerhar, I think you build your forward line around Larky and Zerhar. Obviously, it's great that Zerhar signed on to stay. But um, this will sound ridiculous when I say it, but they need forwards that can kick goals. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> – yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, of course they do. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. obvious. But what, what I mean by that is now the game's evolving, the game's changing. There's so many forwards now – and we've seen that, like with say Richmond, where a lot of their like their small forwards yeah. are not there to kick goals. Well, they are there to kick goals, but they're there to pressure and chase and and keep the ball and create scores from turnovers. But one of those um, um, high energy, smart high forwards, like a like a like a young Jack Gunston type, you know, who's who's mobile, gets up the ground, gets back inside fifty, you know, like a a thirty to forty um, goals per season type is what is what they need, but. Interesting. It's you know, they've, they've they've got pick one. So w- what do you do with that? Obviously, you bid for um, Ashcroft, which won't go through. But do you just take the next best player, which will be a midfielder? Um, and you know, Cal Toomey's uh, Phantom Draft is great. It sh- gives you a really good insight to where the talent is. Um, or do you do what one of our uh, listeners called in about today? Do you do you give up pick one and split it and and look for two picks inside ten and twenty, um, mm. and then go again hard in the in the early 20s, in this, sort of in the second round. But because as you say, they're not going to get the best player in the draft because, well, in the eyes of most. Yeah. Well, because they're going to get a, another great young mid. Yeah. Is, is that what they need? I mean, yes, they do need to keep refreshing their their list and look to, and look to rebuild. Griffin Logue would be, would be a great one. Um, still question marks around the ruck position with obviously Goldstein in his, in his age, um, Coleman Jones and, and, and Cherry, um, you know, they're, they're probably not the A graders. So, yeah, it's it'll be an interesting time for mm. North Melbourne in this trade period, and it's great to. I mean, I'd I'd love hearing that if I'm a North Melbourne fan. Is Brady Rawling saying they're going to be really active? Okay, let's see then. If you're going to be active, let's let's see who you, who you can bring into the into our club. 
Um, but I think the foundation's there. They're just going to need a little bit more time. Pick one, then back to 55. But, of course, they got that uh, that compensation package or that uh, help package from the AFL that uh, gave them a future second and a future third. So that's how Logue happens and Darcy Tucker's involved and um, Hunter Clark's been linked as well and Brad Hill. So Alistair Clarkson, yep. at least when he has been involved, has been wanting to bring in some established talent at least to um, yep. to tread water for a little while, uh, if you like, while bringing in um, the kids also. So, all right. That pulls a close to just when we got the fantastic stinger uh, up and going from from Tony Barber uh, for the shopping list, which I I'm going to go as far as to say it was a raging uh, success yeah. this week, uh, Sando. So well done. Well, Coxie though did say yesterday when he when he heard it, he was a bit underwhelmed. He did say he said I've heard a lot about it and I was a bit underwhelmed. Come when again? He, yeah, yeah. Coxie yesterday he did. He said I was a bit underwhelmed when I first heard it. I, I heard great things about Sando's shopping list stinger, Jeez. and he was underwhelmed. But. Um, yeah, I, I love the tough addition crowd. today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A tough crowd. He's a bit of a wet blanket, isn't he, Coxie, at times? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trade afternoons this week. Donald's of McSpice, your agent, Maccas. Can you handle the heat? Uh, Continental Ties, AFL Trade Radio, with you right throughout the day and the afternoon. I've seen uh, the late trade boys assembling here as well. Damo's here. I'm sure Nob's not too far away. Uh, Steve Silvani as well. And... They're going to have Brad Scott on the program, I'm told. The new coach of Essendon, which is fantastic and and must listen later on in the show. A uh, question here from the back of house, Sando. Could you do an AFL fantasy shopping list on Monday? Maybe some players to look out for next year, perhaps. Yeah, great well, call. There you go. You can do that. There we go. You're listening to Continental Ties, AFL Trade Radio, Continental Ties, engineered in Germany and proven here in Australia. Back after this. Trade Afternoons for McDonald's. The McSpicy Range at Macca's. Can you handle the heat? Welcome back. Uh, as well as Brad Scott, I'm, I'm told uh, Hawthorne list manager Mark McKenzie the new, uh, and the new Essendon coach Brad Scott joining the boys on the late trade in the first hour. So be listening from 3 o'clock and they'll have you covered uh, on this. Well, the end of a pretty big first week on AFL Trade Radio, Sando. And next week, trade period, trade window, um, uh, the curtain gets pulled back on that on Monday, so we'll have some deals happening next awesome. week. Can't wait officially. Now you spent the majority of that ad break um, sourcing some uh, audio for uh, yeah. <laughs> for your text uh, text for, alert for your text alert on your phone. This is how it's going to sound when you text Sando from now on. And now let's go shopping. It's delivery time. <laughs> it's time for Sando's shopping list. <laughs> Gee, that's going to give the better half the absolute shh as, uh, as those texts come pouring in. <laughs> maybe it's a bit long for a text, maybe it's my ringtone. Yeah, maybe your ringtone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it. I'm glad it's um, it struck a chord with you. Um, a deal was done today, speaking of striking uh, a chord for Jordan Ngoi. Five-year deal at Collingwood. Um, I'd go so far as to suggest that the uh, listening to Ryan Vague earlier on the uh, the restrictive clauses that were put in that contract were removed. Uh, the AFLPA really strong on that. Maybe common sense prevailed in the end. But Ryan Vague, uh, just to recap, was asked if Jordan Ngoi always wanted to start Collingwood. It's a funny one. People always ask you that, even though it's probably a bit closer to myself and Geordie. Um, I had a, a feeling all along, but because it was such a body of work done with exploring free agency and um, a lot of people I've spoken to and have made mention to this that it was about getting the information and all the pieces of the puzzle to put, uh, you know, to let Jordan have a really, you know, fully informed decision um, on what is, you know, the biggest decision of his, his football career moving forward. Um, I think in Geordie, I always said to Geordie, you know, it's going to be what your heart says and in your gut, that instinct feel of what do you want. Um, I think it was always there. 
that he wanted to be a pie um, and, and sign on. And then, you know, the business side of things and, and, and the negotiations took place and exploring free agency, which he did. Um, he, you know, then the head comes into it and you start thinking about, you know, what could be other clubs, other potential, um, you know, um, I guess positions we could have landed at. But um, I think in his heart of hearts, it was always um, him to stay a magpie. And I'm, I'm glad we got to that decision. And he finally got to that decision late last night. Um, James Gallagher, the St Kilda list boss on Trade Radio yesterday, thought they were right in the hunt. And that, uh, up until then, they absolutely were. They thought they were a real chance to get him. But uh, late last night, um, they were able to strike an agreement. Jordan Ngoi stays for five years ahead of tonight's Copeland Trophy count, which will be supercharged now. Yeah, that'll be good. It'll be uh, a good event to be at tonight. Indeed. And the John Nichols medal on tonight as well in uh, in best and fairest uh, season, as it were. So looking forward to uh, to all of those. Um, uh, Continental Tires, AFL Trade Radio, Continental Tires, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Uh, the first day of free agency, Jack Gunston hasn't gone through today. Now, the reason for that is they'll probably end up trading for him, I'm told, just to not have that compensation for Dan McStay um, diluted up at... Um, up at the Brisbane Lions, so they want to protect that. Um, so there's a bit happening there at the moment. There's so many ways that that, uh, that exchange could play out, but it will. Um, another Hawk, Tom Mitchell, uh, Collingwood again, the most likely, probably only suitor, I think it's fair to say at the moment for him. I think that's going to happen, though, albeit Collingwood got a lot of balls in there to happen first, um, and he's got a year to run on that contract as well, Tom Mitchell, so there might be a bit of a, a paying of that wage from Hawthorne. Who, uh, who are keen to, to move him on as well. So plenty of activity at Hawthorne, plenty of activity at Brisbane. You know, we spoke about, spoke about Geelong earlier, Sando. Like yeah. Brisbane could be a real contender next year, going to have a really successful trade period, it looks like. Yeah, and it's funny because we've, we've spent a lot of time on maybe three or four clubs this week, Sam. It's, um, and other ones we haven't spoken about at all, but uh, it just feels like some clubs are just heavily involved this year. But, you know, maybe that's no indicator of exactly what is going to happen mm. um, this Probably going to be some stuff we haven't discussed this week, yep. which will bob up next Hopefully week. Hopefully some new names. Yeah. It'll be great. But yeah, we haven't heard much from, you know, seven or eight of the clubs this week, but I'm sure, um, you know, clubs like North Melbourne and West Coast and the Adelaide Crows will, although we have heard with, with ranking with the Crows, but I'm sure we'll hear some more clubs start mm. to get involved once, or normally once that first domino falls is, yep. is, is then that seat needs to be replaced and... The musical chairs happen. It's great. I think we'll start with a bang next week, next Monday, when the trade period officially opens. Perhaps Bobby Hill, one of the first ones done from GWS uh, down to Collingwood. And then, as you say, they might set off something of a chain reaction and we'll be rolling from there. So you don't want to miss it. Uh, Continental Ties, AFL Trade Radio. Not done for this week. The Late Trade Boys are coming up, Sando. You have yourself a good weekend, though, and we'll be back on Monday for the start of the trade period official. Can't wait for that. Have yourself a good weekend. Well, first weekend uh, without footy yeah. for a long time. What are you I'm doing? Well, I'm taking my six-year-old son to uh, Monster Jam at uh, Amy oh, Park, saw that. which the is monster the Monster Trucks. trucks. Yeah. Oh. So we've been looking at Gravedigger and um, <laughs> uh, Megalodon, yeah. all, the, all the big Monster Trucks. Yeah, um, good. I thought about going to that. Yeah. You're more excited than him, I can tell. No, no, no. He's over the moon. He, he asked, he's been asking me for about a month how, how many days to go. So oh. today I finally said to him, guess what, Tommy? We're going tomorrow. How bloody good. Straight yep. to Macca's afterwards for the McSpicy. Magnificent. Can you handle the heat? Make it all possible here on Trade Afternoon. Sando, have a good one at the Monster Trucks. We'll see you Monday. Yep, can't wait, Sam. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Stay tuned. The Late Trade Boys are up next, so don't go anywhere. 
Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.